Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. It's Sunday Funday Juice. I'm feeling good. I got my shades on. I'm I'm celebrating Juice because the last time you and I did a show on Thursday, you said you wore your shades to hide the beams coming from your eyes about how excited you were about this Cubs team. Well, I'm taking my turn on it because the Cubs sweep the Reds in the final homestand of the season. What a way to cap off Wrigley Field baseball. But before we get into it, my friend Juice, I want to ask you, how are you after a be- another beautiful weekend in the Chicagoland area? Hottest team in Chicago, man. Hottest team in baseball. Uh, we were just talking off air. The Cubs have played better baseball than six potential postseason teams. That's uh, in the second half. That's amazing, man. That's that's a great way to end your season, and I hope that you know this next weekend, this last series in in Cincinnati, is just the extra whip topping because they couldn't have ended this season better than than this. I don't think they've absolutely taken care of business and showed you know to a lot of the fans that it's time. You know this this rebuild in a lot of ways is hitting. Uh, it's finality in in a lot of ways, in my opinion. And I think you you uh, echoed that as well. But it's interesting to uh, to see how well that they've they've played all things with a lot of guys that probably were going to be on this roster contributing who didn't get a chance to due to injury. You know that's that's what's crazy about this. They're doing all of this without the guy they hoped was their ace and Kyle Hendricks, mm-hmm. and without the number one prospect for a long time in their system and Brendan Davis. So they're doing all this without those guys and without a lot of the veteran leadership in the, in the dugout between, you know, Kyle and and some of the guys have been moved on and, and uh, in terms of, you know, getting traded from the beginning of the year, it's been a roster in flux, but man, they played such good baseball and they continue to pitch. And as long as they continue to pitch, they'll continue to be this good. Absolutely. And speaking of good pitching juice, let's let's talk about it a little bit just in this series. Samson goes seven. Miraculous. Hysterical the fact, I don't know if you watched Juice on Friday. I was actually able to catch some of the game on Friday. And Marquis always does the parlays, right? They do like it's you know two or three different things that they want to hit. And it's always like a $20 bet wins this, right? Fridays would have hit had they not bet Adrian Samson under on strikeouts yeah he went over on the strikeout total he had six in that game in that seven inning just domination really only two walks just the one earned run and three hits are you kidding me and that and that doesn't end there like you said just the Cubs pitching was good Drew Smiley coming back from I mean cold as ice really if you really think about it he hasn't pitched in a couple weeks three innings of four hit one run ball with no walks and two strikeouts then Alzale Follows him up with three innings of perfect baseball and four Ks. That's cool and fucking tough. Even Wade Miley got in on the action with two perfect innings. Like, they got after it even on Saturday. And then today, Juice, on Sunday, Stroman goes another six. Five hits, no runs, two walks, seven Ks. Like you said, man, the pitching has been there. And that has been a real key, if we're being entirely honest down the stretch here, is this team has pitched really beyond what we thought they were going to, right? Like we we all talked like, oh, Strowman will rebound. He'll get back there. It won't be a big deal with Stroh. But like some of these other guys, right? Like Adrian Sampson. 
not to say that he hasn't like he wasn't, you know, not to disrespect the guy for any reason, but like none of us expected him to be this good this yeah. season. And what has he done? He's done nothing but shove seven innings on Friday. That's probably his last start. He might, well, actually, no, that's not entirely true. He might get one in Cincinnati. But, like, how about good for Adrian Sampson, to be honest with you? Because at least, if nothing else, A, he's given the Cubs a reason to keep him because he's been really, really, really good. And if the Cubs don't want to keep him, there are probably 20 other teams juice in this league that would like a guy with, like Adrian Sampson at the back of their starting rotation that can go six, seven innings and give you three hit, one run, two walks, six strikeout ball. Yeah. Yeah, that plays. Like you said, Teams that can pitch are going to win a lot of baseball games. Yeah, I think we're past the point of letting that kid go anywhere, right? I think we're at the point where you got to just make a run at this and make sure that he stays there because like we always see in terms of like the rotation, what you put in on paper going into the year is never what you end up with you know, going towards the end of the season. It's not a natural motion to throw a baseball. Arm – Arms are weird, right? It's it's an odd thing to throw a baseball, and there's no technical, you know, training or you know recovery methods that are are proven to work. So the more arms you can have, the better. And he's absolutely pitched his way into a chance to contend for a starting spot. If I'm them, I bring back every close to every single guy that they've had on this run and just run it back and say, this is these, this is the team that's earned the right to represent the Cubs going into next year in this facet of the game. Obviously, you know, we, we would love for them to hit more and probably to hit more home runs. And and they're, they're going to have to shore up some stuff on that side of, of, of the diamond. But I think in terms of like Samson, you, you can't let a guy like that go you got to figure out a way to keep him in-house and give him a chance. At worst, it's much like we've talked about with uh, guys like uh, Edward Elzelay. At worst, they're going to be long men in the in the bullpen, and that's exactly what you're going to need going into next year too. Baseball is funny, man. I always thought that it's a matter of eating up innings when it comes to pitching. Obviously, you want quality innings when it comes to – you know, pitchers coming out of the pen and starting, but it is such a tough game just to fill every inning of 162 baseball games. And I think that absolutely gives them just so much. I forget the word for just so much incentive to bring back a guy like that because he does take the ball. There's so much value in a guy who takes the ball and it can't hurt to have that guy at the end of your bench or, you know, in the bullpen eating up innings. It's going to be really interesting. I, I'm really curious what their attack is in the offseason because they have so much depth at the starting pitcher spot that you obviously you would love to add like a, a, a Senga or um, a, a Carlos Rodon to this part of the rotation but who knows because they do have so much depth that if they miss out they could realistically miss out and still get to the end of the season 
with quality arms. It's almost like that extra ace at the top of it becomes like that, hey, we're going for it spot now. You know, that's and if if they don't see the market fall into their corner, I uh I wonder, you know, how aggressive they'll be in terms of that. I think they're gonna be really aggressive at position players, but this weekend kind of showed that they have a mix of guys that are gonna compete and and compete for roster spots and they have you know, they're the ones holding the decision cards when it comes to a lot of these guys. And I think that that's something that is a huge advantage for them. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm really curious. I, I, I was going through Twitter and just kind of looking at the different Cubs tweets and going back and forth at the end of the year. People are looking towards, you know, 2023 already here. And reading people's, like, rotations, I think was so interesting because – if you read eight different posts on Twitter, there was a good chance that there were eight different rotations, which is awesome to me. That's a great spot to be because you have options. You know, we're not just rooting for, you know, these five guys and they all have to pan out. It's like, no, they have like eight or nine that could fill in at this spot and and do it well. Yeah, and that's, like you said, Juice, that is a weapon. That is an absolute weapon in today's MLB where – Pitching health is not what it used to be. Guys don't pitch 40 times a year anymore, right? Like Fergie Jenkins comes on the broadcast enough times to remind everybody that not that pitchers aren't built the way they used to be, but like because guys throw so hard now, they physically can't be that anymore. Like that's just the name of the game. Guys get hurt. Guys, you know go through different things in terms of arms and, and it's not always even arms, right? Like how many different times you've seen weird injuries in the back and the legs and whatever it is, the Cubs are in a great spot. Like you said, juice, when Adrian Sampson, who for anybody that was curious and, and Jeremiah proposed this question here in the, in the, in the comments, he said, is he under team control? No. You know why he signed a minor league contract. Yeah. He only made 700 K this year. He was one of the, probably the lowest paid guys on the roster. And yet he has, let me confirm this number here really quick, a 310 ERA this yeah. season, predominantly as a starter. That you got to figure out a way to bring that guy back. You got to right. figure out a way. And to your point, Juice, that just goes to show the amount of depth that this, this rotation has, this bullpen has, and even to an extent the bats have. I mean, hell, you scored 6-2 and 8 runs. And you only gave up three runs the entire series. Yeah, that's domination. That is domination. And this is this is a Reds team that, Juice, you've been here from the start, just like I have, for four years now. We have sit and bitched and moaned over this Reds team about they somehow can beat the Cubs even when yeah. the Cubs are good. It doesn't matter anymore because the Cubs absolutely mollywop them at the end of the season. Yes, yeah, sure, they're hurt. Yes, yeah, sure, whatever. It's the end of the year. But this is also a Cubs team that, again, I was told, you know, early in the season was not good. And yet, as my little tagline says here, they might be the hottest team in baseball. I mean, this is not, this is no fluke. This team is playing good ball late against good teams, right? It's not, yeah. it's not the Reds and Pirates every series. No. They, they beat up on the Phillies. They beat up on the New York Mets. Like, they beat up on good baseball teams. And to your point, we talked about it. This team has better records than, you know, five or six teams that are in the playoff running right now in the second half. 
I mean, this team has played absolutely incredible ball. And I agree with you. I mean, it's it's a good problem to have when you're a front office. When you sit and you look at your, your, your five for next season in the rotation and go, yeah, we want that guy. We might go pay for an arm or two. But if we go pay for two arms, we have three or four different guys that could potentially be starters that we somehow have to find a role for on this team. Oh, darn. What a terrible problem to have, Juice, when you have to find spaces for quality arms, which most teams, to your point, exactly like you said, right? There's so many teams out there that go, this is our five. If one or two of them get hurt, we're fucked. Cubs don't yeah. have that problem. They don't. And to, to your, I wanted to ask you this question, Ron, because I was thinking about it on my ride home. Do you think there's an alternate universe where the Cubs made the playoffs this season? Like, Absolutely. like due to like due to staying healthy, yeah, and the guys figuring out earlier than what they did, yeah. I I I thought so too. I mean, then and they gave away a lot of games earlier on in the year. If you remember, they absolutely gave the the closing role was. I mean, they got a good piece for David Robertson, but let's be honest, like they they blew a lot of saves early in the year. They gave away a lot of games. I mean, I can think of how many games against just the White Sox in that series that they, they should have won two there. You know, we tallied them up at one point. If I remember in one of the episodes we were talking about, there were close to eight or nine games in the first half that we were like, man, like they should have won that one. So if you're eight or nine right now, and let's say that Samson and the crew and, and they figure out their rotation quicker, yeah, I think that there's a good case to be made that they were absolutely in in the running for for playoffs this year. They didn't. They missed it. You know, the biggest joke I saw on Twitter was the Cubs didn't miss the playoffs. They just ran out of games because that's exactly what's happened this year. And uh, they figured it out in the second half, and they they've played very well. I I'm just so. I think at this point, like going into the last series. I'm just hoping that they have fun, stay healthy. Like that's my hope for this next one. Like I could care. I know that a lot of people are are hoping and definitely on tap bets wise are hoping that they win that extra game so they can they can close <laughs> on that over for what is it 74? I think it's 73 and a half. So yeah, yes. so they need one more win, Juice. Yeah. Just one more win. So I hope that those guys get that win, but like from a Cub fan with no, you know, monetary money on the line, I just hope that they get to the because I am so I'm I'm just pleased with the way they played the second half. Like I don't think that there's anything they could have did better in this second half that that made me feel you know this excited. You know that this is why we're here. It's because they've done everything so well in the second half. We feel comfortable because we know they have like financial flexibility and they have this ability to spend, and that's why it's fun because we're. We know we're going to get a name or two that comes to this, you know, team to join it, and then that's the hope that those are some missing, you know, points to what's going on with this, uh, um, this this team as of right now. Sorry, I had a, a little phone call. I had to mute here for a second, but um, I I'm excited because I think that we're not getting this excited for the off season if the ball wasn't played as well over the course of this second half, because I think there's a good chance that the Ricketts may have pushed the can even further down 
if they felt like we need to find out what some of these guys in the minor leagues could do. And maybe they aren't as aggressive in free agency. So I think that like all, all the things came and they all aligned, all the stars aligned for the second half. And now it's like, all right, it's all pointing towards Tom Ricketts and Jed and, and let's hope they make the right decisions in free agency to add to this team. And I hope that they end this season and carry it into next spring training. That way they can just hit the ground running in a division that has a lot of question marks. I mean, let's let's look around the NL Central. You have the Cardinals losing some huge locker room personalities that have set, you know, their team the way it's supposed to be for, you know, decades worth of, of baseball. And the Brewers are they're they're weird, man. Like they can pitch, but they can't hit. And Christian Yelich is a huge amount of cap when it comes to that team. And they're not a huge market. They're a middle market to where who knows how flexible they can be in there. They have some, some prospects that are, you know, down in their system that we're going to see come up and and they have some talent there. But as we always talk about on this show, that's not a guarantee. So, and then you look at the pirates and you look at the reds and the pirates and the reds are much like how the pirates and reds have been over the course of the last 15 years. They've been in a constant have young talent and they have two or three years where they have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs, but they haven't been able to get it done. So until we see different, we can't really truly say that they're going to be a dark horse NL central contender. So if you're looking at this NL central as a whole, you got to like the Cubs chances going in off season because they are going to spend, and the divisions, a lot of the teams in the division seem to be going this way while the Cubs are going this way. Yeah, 100%, Juice. And I, I like what you said about how they're going to spend, right? Because it's not like they just walk into this offseason after a 100-loss season and go, we're going to spend money. It's like, cool, we, we don't care because you didn't have a good product on the field. Like, you're going to add just to say you're adding just to make it look right. No, no, no. Like like you said, they are playing good ball now. And adding to this group when they're playing good ball makes people excited. And I think that's really where we are at with this Cubs team because, you know, they they are young. You know, there's a lot of talent here. I, I 100% think if this team was healthy and hit the ground running the way that they've hit in the second half, this team is competitive. And, and all of a sudden, Jed, you know, from last year where he's like, we're going to be competitive in 2022. I think we're kind of seeing it now, Juice. Like, I, I said this on the last show, too, with you. Like, I really think Jed was onto something. Like, I don't think yeah, Jed think just so said too. that to talk out his ass. Like, he he really said, hey, if this team is healthy and this team is performing the way it's built, they could be good. And they've shown it. Like, and they've arguably shown it with less talent because, to your point, Juice, right, like, you know, they they had to trade guys off at the deadline to go sell for pieces and whatever. Like, this team absolutely could have contended, in my opinion. Maybe not necessarily been hardcore buyers at the deadline, but at least, at least you know, pissed enough people off down the stretch. And they have. Look at look at what they're doing to the Phillies right now. They they absolutely tortured the Phillies with that three game sweep. It made their lives a hell of a lot harder to get into the playoffs. It, you know, even with the Mets, that's three games that. You know, the Braves are right on their ass. They're playing a three-game set right now where the Braves have an easy chance to secure first place away from the Mets. I bet you they beg for those three games back against the Cubs. Like, this team is 
doing the right things right now. And I think that's why there's so much fun is because, you know, like you said, they, they played good ball. And, and, and to a quick point that Jeremiah makes here, and this is not to, to slander or anything. I just think it, it, it sets up this point so well. <laughs> he says, LOL, the Mets are metting right now. And he goes, it's September, October, everyone's hurt. And I think that's why it's more impressive, Juice, because sometimes the best ability is availability. Yeah. And if you can stay healthy, that is a lot of times often what keeps you from making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And in this Cubs game, in the you know, in the case of the Cubs, obviously, sure, maybe they're you know, they're not making the playoffs at this point. But for a large part of this run that they've been really good on, they've been hurt. Like yeah. Wilson just came back. Mm-hmm. Nico was out for a while. Saya was out for a little bit. Like They've been playing good ball without some yeah, of I mean, biggest names. Yeah, Nick Madrigal, a guy that they penciled in for the whole year. I mean, he's realistically not been a mainstay in this lineup for a very long time. I mean, he's been in and out. Does that mean that he's you know going to be a future ever? No, we're going to have a lot of conversations about that. I think there's some that like him and what he brings to the baseball team, and I think that you know when we get a full barn together, we're going to have some some difference in opinions on you know, players that are at that position and who, you know, the Cubs should be giving more time to next year. I just look at it this way. If you're the Cubs going into this year, I would have absolutely loved well at the end of the year than I would at the beginning of the year. Because the path to contention for this team wasn't this year. They're not talented enough to win the World Series. We knew that coming into the year. They were talented enough to maybe make some noise and make a second wild card and get some much needed experience, but they were never like a world series contender. When you looked at that roster, they never were, but what this second half run does opposed to if it's grouped in the first half, it gives these young kids some hope. It gives them some excitement going into the next year. Like what's so crazy to me is Nico Horner and, Edward Alzelay and all these young guys, you just go up and down and name them. Christopher Morrell, they're all going to get a full off season with binders worth of things to work on with workouts to, to get in the gym with. And they're going to be nothing more ex- than excited to go hit the gym or to get in a cage to get better because this whole season they played v- or this whole second half of the season, they played good enough baseball to make the postseason. Like if the if the postseason was just the second half standings, the Cubs would be in and they would be playing baseball. But it's not. But that also kind of gives those young guys like, hey, we're this good and I still haven't taken my game from here to here. Like imagine how good once I'm able to do that. Once I'm able to if I'm Christopher Morrell to, to put the bet on the baseball more, if I'm Nico Horner, I'm like, man, I got to get even more stronger. You know, I had such a good year, but man, I, I got to get, I got to keep building on my strength. If you're Ian Happ, it's about, it's about toning that, that lefty righty, you know, switch hitting role that he did so well this year. And then being like, Hey, like I played this well this year, let's play even better next year. You know, let's play, let's play like, top of the line captain of this team baseball where I'm setting the example. Like that's, that's what, and if you're guys like say Suzuki, it's like, I need to be healthy. I got to work on this. I got my first season underneath my belt and, and I'm moving on to next year. And I think that that's 
what kind of dangles the carrot so much more and seems that it's so much more obtainable is the fact that they were so good in this second half, they know how what it takes to get to get it done now. So what they can do is just go into this offseason with a lot of confidence and a lot of hope and saying, all right, my front office is going to give me some reinforcements. I'm going to take my game to the next level. And when it comes to this time next year, I want to be that team that's that's in the playoffs, that's playing on TBS, that's playing on Fox Sports 1, that's you know playing the, the big games with getting the big dollars because I'm coming through in a big game. And that's exactly what this these young guys can look forward to going into next year is the carrot seems so far away in the beginning of the offseason, but now it almost seems like huh, it's it's right there for the taking. I just have to take it. And I think that's kind of the theme in, of this offseason needs to be that. And that needs to be the expectation set in the final you know meetings that all these players will have with their managers, with Jed, with you know uh, Carter Hawkins on the way out. That's what needs to be said. It's like, look how damn good you guys played. I'm going to add some help to you guys, but I need you to meet me halfway. I'm going to give you help, but I need you to take your game to the next level. And that's exactly what I hope this Cubs team does in the offseason. These young guys – get back to the drawing board and, and get stronger and let's uh, let's go after it in 2023. Yeah. And to, and to your point, Juice, right? Like a guy that I have in mind in terms of like you said, right, is played better down the stretch. You know, you got that full binder now to take into the offseason was not to gloat, not to boast. But when I fly the W pick, say Suzuki, who went deep in this series, which is exactly what I asked for, Juice. The Cubs listen to Cubs on tap. Because I asked for a Seiya bomb. We got a Seiya bomb before the series was over. But look at Seiya Suzuki. I think that's a perfect example because with all the struggles he had throughout the year, he had to readjust to the league adjusting to him. He's still right now, after this series, sits at 269 average, just six points behind one Ian Happ with a 789 OPS, which is just five points behind one Ian Happ. Like yeah, and we awesome. praised and Ian Happ's had a great year. Like this, and he is right deserves all, all the accolades yeah. for it. We have praised Ian Happ all year because he has had such a good year. As Jeremiah says here in the comments, Ian Happ deserves a gold glove as well. On top of it, not only has he been good at the at the plate, he's been good in the field. Look at Seiya Suzuki. This is a guy that has won gold gloves over in Japan, right? This is a guy that came on hot as hell late in the season because he figured out the MLB finally. He only played like. A, I think he still only has played like 112 games this year. Juice, like he didn't even yeah, it's touch crazy. near 162. That's a guy that next year is going to be better. Ian Happ arguably is going to be better. You said one of the other guys, Nico Horner, going to be better. The core is kind of coming into focus, right? Like these guys are here. We're kind of understanding who these people are. You add a little bit to that. You still get the good pitching. And all of a sudden, Shit, we're talking about a team that, that's kind of interesting. And and a quote, Juice, really quickly I want to bring up as well after this series, uh, w- was that of Marcus Stroman, who, who pitched today, again, pitched sensationally. I still don't hear him, Juice. I hear crickets. I hear silence. <laughs> I hear white noise. I have to, like, rub my, you know, kind of rub my ear out a little bit because I'm not sure if I'm hearing it properly, but I hear a lot of fucking silence about Marcus Stroman and his contract, and he's not worth what they signed him for. All right, relax, dickheads. Every single one of you looks stupid. 
and I'm just going to sit here. I'm keeping receipts. I remember everybody that told me Marcus Stroman wasn't a good signing early in the season. And I told them, just give him time. He's a creature of habit. Let him get in a, get, get in a run. You know, he's got to be healthy. He's got to be ready to go. Ever since he's been ready to go and, and, and run in healthy juice, damn it. But he's been good. And guess what? He, he this This quote right here is going to be amazing. He says, I'm extremely thankful to be a Chicago Cub. Here's the exact quote. Ready? This is from an article. Uh, this is by Jordan Bastion. It was, it was on the Cubs website. Quote, I'm extremely thankful to be a Chicago Cubs, Stroman said. I can't wait to continue to go out there and perform for this fan, fan base. Next line. At that moment, Kai, his, his son, let out a happy cry. He says, <laughs> end quote, are you excited too? Question mark. Stroman added with a smile. Like, it's really a vibe here right now. It like, is. Th- there's a reason he signed with this team. Clearly, now we're starting to understand, I think, what Jed and Carter talked him into when he signed that three-year contract was, dude, this is where we're going to be at the end of the season. You'll see it. It'll come into focus. And when it does, you're going to be excited to be here for what's to come because not only are we a good product at the major league level, because it's coming along, but we have reinforcements beyond comprehension coming up in the minor league system. And obviously not every guy is going to work out. We understand that. We're, we, get, we get that here. It comes on tap. But when you have that much talent coming, like we've, we've talked about, Juice, when you can trade away talent to, fulf- to fulfill immediate needs at the MLB level, you become, say with me, Juice, you become the Dodgers. The Dodgers. The yep. Dodgers. You become the team that everybody looks up to in baseball and aspires to be. And they're doing that. And you know what? I'm so pumped that show's excited to be here. You know, I'm, I'm ready for that that number zero to come back out of the mound next year. He's going to take that ball. He's going to look good. He's going to have a normal spring training for once in the last. I don't I feel like everything in life has been disrupted for the last four years. Just he's going to he's going to be able to settle back in. He's going to look good. Like you said, they got money to play with. They might add one or two arms to this to this group. You and I had tinfoil hat takes about a guy that plays on the south side right now, maybe being joined here by trade. Like, there's a lot to get excited about. And they're probably going to add a batter to to an arguably still pretty good lineup as it is right now. This team is so much fun. And sure, it was, would they they sweep the Reds, dudes? Like, you know, I don't give a fuck who they sweep. Got to play the game. Yeah. You've won six games in a row or seven games in a row, eight games. In a row. I don't know how many games in a row it is anymore. You start they've to forget. Like, yeah, they've won like 11 of their last 12. Yeah. I don't even know. Crazy. Like, I don't even know where to start. This team is, uh, again, I'm going to go back to my little tagline here, Juice, in my nameplate. Hottest team in baseball. Because they arguably are the hottest team in baseball. And they're they doing it so with, well. And they're doing it probably, if you're talking about the cubby car, with one blown tire due to injuries. I think that's the the crazy thing about all of this. And I don't think it's being talked about enough. And we're going to talk about it way deeper in the offseason shows. But the ability and the evolution that Jed Hoyer's brought to this front office is something that I don't think is talked about enough right now, too. I mean, I, I love Theo Epstein just as much as the next guy. And this is not a shot at Theo Epstein. But there's there's a scenario, and I don't know if it's true. We'll go tinfoil hat here, where 
Theo Epstein was very good at the first run or the first wave of baseball analytics, but was not good at recognizing the new wave of baseball analytics. And guys like Carter Hawkins and Dan Kantrovitz have come into this front office with Jed and probably brought them into this new wave of what the, the processes of identifying players. I was listening, and I, I know this is probably a terrible example, but I was listening to Trevor Bauer. I know that he's somebody who's very hated around baseball and has some controversies, but I do enjoy listening to Trevor Bauer's baseball takes because with all that said, he does keep it real. He tells you exactly what goes on in baseball locker rooms and baseball front offices. And he was talking about the Houston Astros and how they're, they obviously cheated, but they're always the front of scouting reports of trends of finding players that are off the scrap heap. And they do that because they are the most advanced in terms of baseball evaluation, player evaluation. And I don't want to sit and say that Theo, when he was here, wasn't doing that. But if you're (laughs) – my opinion on before the Cubs were able to, you know, win divisions and win World Series during the Theo era was because they operated like a 1900s baseball team. And they did that for so long to where when Theo came in, they had to redo parts of the office and bring in programs – you know, computer programs that weren't here that Boston had been using for four or five years. And I, I I know you believe in a lot of this because we've had baseball conversations off of this show. And I don't know if we've had this talk about, you know, player evaluation on these shows in this depth, but I do know for a fact that you very much agree with statistics and how to value players and finding, you know, the guys that, but I know for a fact that you know that in a lot of ways, if you're not evolving, you get left behind. And it's not a shot at Theo. I thank him so much for for bringing the Cubs into the new age of player evaluation. But there's a strong possibility that Jed Hoyer needed guys like Carter Hawkins and you know Dan Kantrovitz to come in post-Theo era and be like, hey, we do this over here in Cleveland. You guys doing this yet? And maybe that's why they're finding guys like Adrian Sansa. Maybe that's why there's there's guys that come in out of the bullpen. And you're like, who the hell is this guy? And he's throwing, you know, 97. And, and it was a guy that was discarded three times or didn't get a chance to work through a normal baseball, you know, system and was just found throwing Juco or throwing batting practice somewhere. Like those are absolutely how the guys that you find that you win baseball games. And, I know we're going to go way deeper into this in the offseason show, but I just want to like tease it for the future that I absolutely think that there's some, some new age cub information being exchanged and they've absolutely brought it into the second wave of, of baseball analytics that I don't know if Theo Epstein would have been so gracious to accept. 
because he had won two World Series with his own processes that maybe you get set in your own ways and the best thing you need is to step away and have somebody who has a different view, who's younger, who maybe has you know different insights because they've worked in a different organization. It's exactly why the White Sox are like, man, we should bring in some of these names like Estrada just to give them um, interviews because – you should absolutely take a look at what people are doing across the league because a lot of teams believe, and there's a lot of rumors that the White Sox were kind of left behind in that player development in terms of building their lineup. So I don't know. I, I want your just your quick opinion on that, but I, I personally think that that's an absolute scenario that could have happened here. And now that's why we're kind of seeing this new age cub team be like who the hell is this guy and then it's it's you find him you know like adrian sampson seven innings and you blink and and he's he's throwing quality innings for you yeah i think to 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 kind of sign sum up your point here juice i'm gonna i'm almost gonna spin a, a tinfoil hat take on your tinfoil hat take what if theo stepped away because he knew baseball was going in a direction that maybe he wouldn't have thrived in because he ha- he believed in his system and his he thought his system maybe wasn't going to work and I'm not saying that's the truth. Maybe Jed saw where baseball was going and was like, hey, you know, when they were talking to member, because we we had heard, right, they they discussed that the, the succession plan was in place for years before it actually ended up happening. Right. Maybe Theo saw where it was going and Jed believed in the new, you know, kind of way of doing things where baseball is going. Because remember, they brought in Kantrovitz before Theo left. Kantrovitz has yeah. been there for a while. Right. You know, maybe that was that was kind of the first, you know, maybe the first domino of sorts of that fell. And then when Jed got to pick his own guy, he looked around the league and went, who has a low payroll that thing, does things really, really well. And you look right now at a team like Cleveland, who just won the AL Central by double-digit games, who had, what, the sixth lowest payroll in all of baseball? Yeah, we like that guy because we're going to put resources behind him and we're going to see where things go. And to your point, Juice, I, I really do think – Baseball is ever changing, and I think baseball is even ever changing in terms, of, you know, in terms of, of you know, sabermetrics or whatever you want to call it, right? The 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 super hardcore data and statistics of baseball of where it's going in terms of talent evaluation. Now is going to change with the with the rule changes, right? Those freak athletes are going to be priority. We want a guy that can stretch, you know, that normal single that's deep in the hole and in the gap that maybe a really athletic outfielder gets to stretch that into a double your traditional double that a guy comes, you know, just casually jogging into second base at maybe he's turning and he's going for three. That's what, that's where baseball is going to go. Like baseball is going to favor the athlete, the true hardcore. I can run, I can hit, you know, I can do it all. They're going to favor athletes. And I, I, I really do think we've talked about it. Juice, you, you, you and I joke, right? We're, we're, you know, here it comes on tap. We like to be the first ones at the party. It might, be, it might just be us. You know, we might just be bopping with the DJ by ourselves. You know, we're getting that top shelf liquor by ourselves. But damn it, man, I really think we're ahead of something here. We've been saying all along. You, you brought it up before the season started, Juice. Of, you know, oh, Jed's been in Theo's ear. Where do you think baseball's going? Oh, Theo, now you're in the, you know, the MLB front office. Where, where, where's baseball going? Theo, tell me, where do you think this thing's going? Does the real athletic player that can stretch that, 
that single do a double and that double do a triple going to thrive in this new game? You know, is, is pitching and defense going to mean even more than it ever has before? Look how the Cubs are building their team. They are in tuned from a talent evaluation perspective, in my opinion, Juice, to where baseball is going. And again, I think that's why we are so excited here. We're talking about a team that has 73 wins right now with three games to play. And we're all jumping for metaphorical joy right now because we see the plan. And I think that's the beauty of this season, Juice, is how many times did you and Joey and myself and Tyler rack our brains off the wall of what is the plan? What is the what is the goal? What is what is this team going to look like? It's coming into focus, man. It's not quite there yet, right? There's still some gray area on the outsides. You know, not every not every you know not every zoom option on a pair of binoculars is perfect, but we're getting damn close. And I think that's why we're so excited is because we see where the that vision's going. And again, when you get guys like Adrian Sampson, who's a 30-year-old guy in a minor league contract that comes up and gives you quality starts of seven plus innings on a fairly regular basis, that's that's that sign that the talent evaluation is up is starting to get ahead of the curve rather than either in line or behind the curve. And I agree with you, Juice. I think I, I think that's exactly uh where we you know can get excited because they're figuring it out, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And Joe Espada. I think I said Estrada earlier. Joe Espada. Yes. My mistake on that. Espada. Yep. Absolutely. I, know I, was, so, I, I think I said Estrada just because we got Estrada in the bullpen, and you know how this Yeah. Is. You know. It, names names are hard, man. I, I'm, I'm bad about names just in general in my own personal life, so, like, I will never, never give anybody crap about names. Like, if I don't know it and I screw it up, it, it, happens. It, it, it happens. No, I, I, I just, I'm excited <laughs> because I, I, I absolutely believe a lot, and that's, that's what happened over the course of this couple, last couple of years. And maybe, maybe the reason the Cubs did fail so late in that Theo era was the bullish reason of Theo not taking into account what guys like Kantrovitz believed in, you know, and that's, that's what a front office is. It's 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 no different than when you go to your day job and you disagree on when to ship something or you know a, a, an everyday you know process of of your day job to where one person believes in one thing and one person believes in another. I mean, nine times out of ten, when you have that that disagreement, the person who's running the show is going to win out when you're when you're you know arguing with the boss. So. I'm not going to say that, you know, the bullish of the, and this isn't, like I said, early on in the, in the conversation, it's not a shot at Theo Epstein. The man is one of the greatest GMs in the history of baseball. He brought, he broke two curses, but he's not perfect. And evaluating baseball talent is difficult and information changes in baseball quicker than probably any sport. I mean, how, how long ago were we talking about, pitcher wins and how valuable those were. And you valued a, a 20 inning or a 20 win guy. Like that guy deserves a huge contract because he won 20 games. Now you look at like guys like the Grom and, and the top of the, they don't win 20 games. When was the last time that, you know, we truly got a 20 game winner. I think we got one recent, but we haven't had, you know, too many guys flirting with that over the course of, you know, the last couple baseball seasons, but just to kind of build on it, like that's, 
stats change, baseball changes. And when you have young guys who are excited and, and kind of diving into the baseball nerdity that we do over here, it comes on tap because we absolutely do that. I think our last two episodes have been, or two out of our last three episodes have been very nerdy. Um, but that's what we're getting in off season mode. We're about to get real nerdy. I'll say that. Um, I might even crack out the whiteboard behind me. We may be starting to do lineups on that as well, um, where we sit and talk about WRC plus and and the you know the pros and cons of bringing in a guy opposed to another guy due to you know comparing two players on the whiteboard. We we may do things like that, but it's real interesting to uh, to sit here and talk about you know this Cubs team with such excitement. I think that like we talked about on the last show is a long time since me and you can have this light in our eyes. You know, we were kind of the butt of the joke for a while because we let World Series winners walk out the door. Well, it's time to flip the page if you haven't already and see what's going on on the north side because it's it's building and it's coming. Building and coming indeed, my friend. And uh, kind of a fun quote here that Scott says in the comments. He says, the Cubs have 10 large nuke bars and they'll be awesome <laughs> when they show up. Yeah. You know what? It's cool having guys that look like uh, that uh, that General Mills product down in St. Louis. Because, again, a guy that came out of nowhere, that was something that we bitched and moaned about for years. I, I've said it on a number of shows. I want the Cubs to become the Cardinals in that essence of call up some dude that we've never heard of, and he plays well. Like yep. That's the sign that your player evaluation group is good because you're finding the guys that nobody else is. And I, I really do think from a, a Cubs perspective, we are getting there. Juice, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, a beautiful series sweep. The Cubs got three more with this same Cincinnati Reds team uh, coming up here this week, all on the road, obviously, today being the last home game at beautiful Wrigley Field uh, for 2022. But, my friend, any final thoughts before we go ahead and look forward? No, cheers to all the season ticket holders for the bleachers. I saw that they had their uh, their potluck at the end of the year. Um, really cool. Uh, thank you to those guys for making us feel like home throughout the year. I think, uh, this was the first season that a lot of the members from Cubs on tap got to hang out with the bleacher bums and, uh, we didn't skip a beat with them. I know, you know, my tie guy, bleacher, Jeff, all those, you know, big names that are out there that, that kind of hung out with us and looked out for us while we were there. Uh, thank you to those guys. And, uh, we're excited to see you guys next year. Cause I think that it's going to be an interesting, uh, team to come to want to watch and um yeah just just cheers to all those guys cheers to the cubs for showing such so much grace at the end of today's ball game going out and waving to the fans and uh cheers to wilson Contreras because that may be the last game that he ever plays at wrigley field in a cub uniform and uh if that is thank you for you know all the great memories the world series run and uh being just the prototypical guy who loves to be a cub I think that there's so many that come through this, you know, this team and, and throughout this franchise as we've watched, you know, as we've grown up. But Wilson Contreras truly brought that fire of being a Cub. You know, he truly put that uniform on every day and loved every second of wearing that C. And that's tough to find. You know, it's it's tough to find a guy with that much, you know, fire and and to go through the system like he did as a young man and to have so much success. And it's sad. It's this is the hardest part about baseball. It's what is right for the ball club and what is right for my heart are never the same thing, you know, and 
And the possibility it's out there that, that what's best for the ball club is to not bring him back. I'm, I won't rule it out. If he signs the qualifying offer, I'll be happy to rock my Wilson Contreras jersey every time he, he plays out there. But we we here at Cubs on Tap understand the 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 business of the game. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how his market shakes out. But if that's the last one he's ever played as a Cub, thanks, Willie. Mm. Juice, you, you have a way with words, my friend. That was poetically put uh, to, to round out the show today. I think my one last kind of final thought um, agreed with you. Uh, this this Cubs fan base is special. There, there's a reason that the Cubs appreciate them the way they do and and did what they did. And, yeah, we, we bonded with a lot of those Beach of Bums and, and some of the, the notables uh, within the Cubs fan base this season. As you mentioned, my tie, Bleacher Jeff, uh, got to meet Danny Rocket for the first time, among others. Uh, it's It's been a good run. And, hey, we're going to be back next year, and we're going to be doing it again, and it's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, and just really quickly, uh, a question here from Jeremiah. says, what does the – Cubs on tap schedule look like in the off season uh, shows after signings question mark. Um, yeah, potentially, uh, but we'll, we'll for sure have weekly shows um, right now. It's looking like probably about two weeks off after the, uh, the end of the season, just take a breather and, and unplug for a little bit metaphorically from the old uh, microphones, but uh, yeah, we'll be back, you know, weekly shows guests uh, talking about what ifs and, and where ands and where things are going. And yeah, absolutely. When, when, when signings occur, well, you know, there might be a, an emergency show or two. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, and I want to do some, talk. I want to do some interactive stuff with the fans as well. That. Over the course of the season, we try to post every question or, you know, comment on here that drives the uh, the conversation. But I want to get even more interactive. You know, maybe we end up doing some some Twitter lives where people can drop in and, and we'll, you know, give them the floor when they request to ask a question. We'll figure something out. But I definitely want to get the audience more involved in this offseason to talk about players because – Everybody's like I said earlier, everyone's going to have a different outlook on what this team should look like going into 2023. And I want to hear them all because I'm just a fan, just like you. And and it comes down to the same uh, conversations we have here. There is no Cubs on tap without the fans. And uh, we want to definitely hear all the the different tinfoil hat um, signing moves that they can make and, you know, all the different guys that you believe they should bring in. And, and I really want to get interactive this offseason. But we will be taking two weeks off, like Ron said, and uh, kind of re-meeting the family, the, the kids and family uh, away from uh, the uh, the everyday shows like they were for a while. We're sorry that we did just series recaps at the end of the year, but it's just easier to do that right now with everything that's going on from on tap side. Uh October and September are very busy months for us. And like Ron said, I think in a previous show, a lot of us run different sports too. Um, or our day jobs get busy. We have lives, you know, there's family events that happen over the course of the fall that uh, we want to be at, but we're definitely going to do um, some guest shows, some interactive shows, some signing shows. We'll absolutely uh, be out there and we will, do our best to, to extend the invitation to everybody the best we can. That's why I always suggest uh, putting the notif- the bell notifications on for uh, your uh, your YouTube stuff. Uh, make sure that you guys are doing that. That way, anytime we do go live, you know we're going live. We'll try to do some, some invite drops on Twitter, too, to where we show when we're going to go, and, and we'll try to stick 
to that the best we can and make sure that uh, you guys know that we're uh, we're about to go live so you don't miss it. And if not, you can always find them on, uh, on our podcasting platforms, um, your Apple whatever podcasts, Spotify, whatever. But uh, follow on the YouTube and open up that bell notification so we know uh, when we're going. Incredibly well played, Jason. Very, well, very good. Very good plug there at the end. Yes, I, I highly encourage everybody like us on Facebook, subscribe to that YouTube channel, and put that bell notification on. As Juice said, because you will know when we're going live. Uh, Juice, let's let's talk about it really quick. We are down to the finale. This is the last three games set for the Cubbies. Uh, Monday and Tuesday's games in Cincinnati are five forty local time starts. Uh, so six forty for those in the uh, south or the uh, pardon me the eastern time zone, just like yourself there, Juice. Uh, and then three ten local time, four ten in the eastern time zone on Wednesday to round out the season. Juice, thoughts on this final series before we get fly the W picks. Dear Lord, I'm not asking for anything more in this Cub season except for every single one of our players leaves this series healthy. You know that anybody who's played over the course of this last, you know, sixty some games here leave healthy. That that's all I ask. You know, because realistically, I think we talked about it in the last couple shows. It is so important to have a full off season where you're not worried about getting underneath the knife or rehabbing an injury because you could truly get into the weight room and do things. You know, to get your body right and and to get yourself ready to take that next step. So. I know people are going to pitch. People are going to hit. Baseball games are going to be played over the course of these next three days. Very sad that the season ends. Even with you know how rough the first half was, I, I still miss baseball when it's gone. I'm going to watch the postseason very closely, even though they're not the Cubs, because I just I'm a baseball fanatic. But um, I will miss you know Tuesdays 120. Working from home, hearing, you know, if if I'm on the road and I got Pat and Ron on the radio, I'll miss all those things. I'll miss the smells. I'll miss the sounds. But um, I know that when 2023 hits and we're at Cubs convention, it's just going to be just a spit. It should be a skip and a jump from this. These teams having uh, pitchers and catchers report and. Who knows? Have some new bells and whistles to talk about. Be excited, and uh, I'm uh, really intrigued and, and hopeful for next year. But yeah, I, I, the only thing I'm really hoping for is that everybody stays healthy for this next three days. I agree with you, Juice. I hope everybody stays healthy and just has fun. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, these last three games, exactly. Like- Go out there, have a good time. Don't roll any ankles. Don't bust any knees. Don't rip any shoulders. Like just. Just, just get out unscathed, and that, that's all we want here in this last series. Um, just one win, just one win, and then jo- Joey will be incredibly <laughs> happy, uh, as will all of the overbetters on the win total. Uh, just one win. They can win. They can win one out of three. Brandon Suarez point. is one of those two, isn't he? Bears he is. Cap. Oh yeah, yeah him and him and him and Joey both both uh, tailed that one hard. Um, and hey, I hope they get it, man. I hope they get Me it. Too. I hope the Cubs get it. Um, just shows how well they played, really, in the late. Late part of the season because for a while there we were like, oh, you, that's no not a chance. That's it. Yeah, and then son of a bitch, it's got a chance to hit. So uh, it'll it'll be good. But juice uh, before we get out of here, uh, quickly your fly the W pick for the final series of the season. 
who I didn't even think about. You know, I'm gonna go with Ian Hat. It's I like that. He's had the hell a hell of a season. He's in Cincinnati. Loves to hit there. He, he in Cincinnati. One more time, and we'll we'll roll into the off season with Ian Happ as my fly the W captain, and hopefully next year uh, he comes back and has an even better season than he did this season. Or hey, match it. He had a great year. He sure did. And I, God, I hope he wins that Gold Glove. It'd be so cool. Me too. I he love the Ian it. Happ. Oh, absolutely. I love the Ian Happ pick. I'm going to go ahead and take the guy that was ahead of him in the lineup today, and that was one Seiya Suzuki, who I'm going to repeat as uh, my fly W pick. Again, another good series from Seiya. Give us that remembrance, almost, in a way, juice of like, hey, let me remind you guys. It was a $7 million, $17 million player a year in the offseason. Like, there's a reason I signed as long and for as much money as I did. He's he's baller. He's 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 a real one, and I hope he continues to do it, man, because he's been so good in the second half ever since he came back from that injury. He's looked incredible, and I hope he takes that into 2023. So Seiya Suzuki is my fly the W pick of the final series of the season. Oh, so sad, man. I it's, I'm gonna it's miss it, man. It's heartbreaking. I'm going to miss it. You know what I'm going to miss the most? I'm going to miss getting on after every series with you, buddy, and talking about these because this was always fun. It was either it was either therapy or it was, you know, <laughs> us both back and forth with the shit-eating grins that we had because we just won another series. Amen I'll miss that. that. I'll, I'll miss that. I missed – this was a good season. I think, yeah. uh, I think in terms of, like, just not even Cubs, like, Cubs on tap found their, their four, and that's this is why – I think it's it's no shot at anybody else who's ever been on the show, but um, we really had a good time together this year. I think I think you can echo that. Yeah, we're hitting our stride, baby. We're hitting our stride, and twenty twenty three is gonna be fun. We're gonna do a lot of shit at the ballpark. We're gonna do a lot on on, on live shows. It's it's gonna be a great time, and uh, again, we're gonna continue to be hopefully a a, a, a notable place for uh, for Cubs fans here to come get their uh, their Cubs on tap fix. And yeah, we got a we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of friends to talk about things with in the off season. People that'll be on the show, uh, one of which I know that'll be on the show will be the UK Cubs clan. Uh, we've yeah, that'll discussed. be fun. Yeah, we've discussed that one. They're going to come on and talk about their time in the city of Chicago as a uh, uh, as a bunch of Brits and, and and what that was like. And uh, it'll be a good time. And, and we're very excited about it. But Juice, before we get out of here, my friend, at least. At least one last time for for twenty twenty two. At least in the home a home season for sure. Yeah, we're uh, gonna do a show before. after this next. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we're not going anywhere just yet. <laughs> no, but it feels that way. It, it feels does real feel close. It does but feel that way. Go ahead. I mean, and, it, and... it would have it would have been that way had the league decided not to cancel the first week of games. This would have been the last game of the season. This is true. Would have been. You're today. right. So You're it right. would have. It, it kind of unofficially is the official end uh, if it wasn't for, you know, the, the MLB and the, the Players Association not being able to, to come to any deals. But Glad they did, though. Agreed. Yeah, I, w- I, I couldn't have taken another strike or a shortened season again. I, no. I, I mentally couldn't have done it. Uh, it wouldn't have been good. But as you said, Juice, one last time for games at Wrigley Field. Cubs on tap is the official Cubs podcast of the ONTAP Sports Network. You can follow all of our great work over at ONTAPSportsNet.com and at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media. Follow the pod-specific accounts. We are at Cubbies on tap. That is C-U-B-B-I-E-S. That is Twitter and Instagram. I am Loose on tap on the Bluebird app. Juice is at Juice on tap. Uh, loose on tap. Juice on tap. Loose on tap. Juice on tap. 
Uh, and you can follow all the other greats. If you know, you know, at Joey Knows Nothing, at Teddy Freddy 270 at Bulls Guy Robin, at Brandon M. Kane, as they do all a fantastic job. Like, rate, subscribe, review, whatever it is on the podcast platforms, YouTube, Facebook, etc. Uh, make sure to follow along with us. And, uh, hey, if you like us, give us a good a good rating. And if you don't like us, uh, tell us what we can do better because we're, we're, we're here for you, the fans, and, 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 you know, trying to make our product better as well in notion bulls bears blackhawks you know the drill we've got it all the four feathers crew was in attendance at the uc last night that was a good old time uh blackhawks hockey is officially hashtag back even though they lost three to nothing we won't talk about that as much uh it's preseason they b squad was out there it's it is what it is um we got all of that and again they're out you got friends that like them go hug them go tell you go tell them you love them then send them over to our friends at Socks on Tap. You know what I'm talking about, Cubs fans. All your friends that like the Southsiders, uh, they can go join our boys over at Socks on Tap for a full offseason. What's going to probably be crazy because apparently TLR is retiring. I've heard a lot of people screaming from the rooftops. They need a lot of a lot of changes. I don't know, Juice. I, it, it, it's weird. I was told that uh, I was told that the Cubs were in a worse position than the White Sox were, and I don't know. I would almost beg to differ. It's the other way around. Um, It'll be it, one hell of a, a socks on tap when they sign Ozzy game again. <laughs> that it will. That it will. Hey, I'll tell you this, Juice. I'll just tell you this right now, man. It, it's it's good to be us. It's good to be good. It is. It's it's damn right. It's 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 a rough time to be a Southsider right now. But nonetheless, on tapsportsnet.com at on tapsportsnet on social media, the on Sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports juice. Always a pleasure, my friend. A good old Sunday fun day episode with you, my guy. Uh, as you mentioned, we will be back with one more show for the regular season. Then we'll take a couple weeks off before we dive into all the off-season content, guests, all the fun shit. We'll get there as the time comes. Uh, it'll be good. Make sure you follow along with us, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see you here in a couple of days. But my friend, before we get out of here, what we say, get out of here the only way we know how. That comes on tap. FTC, Ronald, FTC. FTC, especially to the three that they pulled early today. 